Our loving Father in heaven, we are thankful and grateful to you that you have granted us once more the privilege of being among the living. Lord, as you've given us life, we ask, Lord, that you consecrate our lives to your service today. We pray, Father, that as we go through your words in this devotion, that you grant us the gift of your spirit as you have been doing to impress on our hearts wonderful truths that will lift our minds up to heaven to teach us from your word and make us to become more and more like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Also help us, Lord, that we may be able to convey the messages in words that will be blessings to all who would listen to us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our high calling, May 9. Mementos in Memories Halls. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpeh and Shen, and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. 1 Samuel chapter 7 verse 12 There is more encouragement to us in the least blessing which we receive ourselves than in reading biographical works relating to the faith and experience of noted men of God. The things we ourselves have experienced of the blessings of God through his gracious promises, we may hang in memory's halls, and whether rich or poor, learned or illiterate, we may look and may consider these tokens of God's love. Every token of God's care and goodness and mercy should be hung as imperishable mementos in memory's halls. God would have his love, his promises, written upon the tables of the mind. Guard the precious revealings of God, that not a letter shall become obliterated or deemed. When Israel obtained special victories after leaving Egypt, Memorials were preserved of these victories. Moses and Joshua were commanded of God to do this, to build up remembrances. When the Israelites had won a special victory over the Philistines, Samuel set up a commemorative stone and called it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Can we not, in view of the past, look on new trials and increased perplexities, even afflictions, privations, and bereavements, and not be dismayed, but look upon the past and say, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. I will commit the keeping of my soul unto him, as unto a faithful creator. He will keep that which I have committed to his trust against that day. Let us look to the monumental pillars, remind us of what the Lord has done to comfort us 
and to save us from the hand of the destroyer. Let us keep fresh in our memory all the tender mercies that God has shown us, the tears he has wiped away, the pains he has soothed, the anxieties removed, the fears dispelled, the wants supplied, the blessings bestowed, thus strengthening ourselves for all that is before us through the remainder of our pilgrimage. Amen. The title of our devotion is Mementos in Memories Halls. Our key text, 1 Samuel 7 verse 12 says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpeh and Shen, and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. It was a regular practice. It was a regular practice among the Israelites to make monuments that commemorate or bring to remembrance great victories that the Lord had done for them as a nation. An example, as we see in our key text, is 1 Samuel 7 verse 12, when Israel was given a signal victory against the Philistines. They were under the bondage of the Philistines for a long time and the story was that there was this time when Samuel had gone around Israel and telling them that they needed to repent so that God can deliver them out of the hands of the Philistines. Eventually, they listened to him and they had a convention. They gathered an assembly and were confessing their sins and repenting all of them. While they were doing that, the Philistines heard of it and said, Oh, these people are gathering. They want to finally come together and fight us. But that was not what they were doing. They were just confessing their sins. But the Philistines heard it and gathered and said they were coming to slay the Israelites. The Israelites heard it and called Samuel and said, Look at what is going on. We have gathered and these people are coming to slay us. Pray for us so that the Lord will deliver us. And they began to pray. And while they were praying, they did not lay one hand on the Philistines. The Lord destroyed the Philistines himself. And it was at that time that Samuel did what he did. He brought up that monument. And it was supposed to be something to remind them of what God did for them. Not because they were worthy not because they were holy people, not because they were righteous people, but as a token of his goodness, mercy, and love to them. You see, there is a very wonderful importance in us understanding why God does these things for us. Today, our devotion is telling us that it is more encouragement to us than the ones we read about, let me just read it here, our high calling, page 135, paragraph 2. There is more encouragement to us in the least blessing which we receive ourselves than in reading biographical works relating to the faith and experience of noted men of God. And that's just what we did now. We just went through a biographical work that shows noted events in these men of God and what God did for them like Moses and the ten plagues Joshua telling the son to stand still the victories of David and other kings like Jehoshaphat and Hezekiah and all the, 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 the signal victories God gave to his people in the past you see the least blessing that we take to mind will do us more good 
than all these biographical stories. That means it is important for us and for our faith and our relationship with God to always take note of God's tokens of love, mercy and goodness. It helps us. As for the Israelites, they kept these things in their mind. But sometimes they forgot. And that's why David, when he was writing, was always talking about how the Israelites forgot the goodness of God. They forgot his mercies. You see, even in the secular world today, it is said that those who forget history are bound to repeat it. History is very important because in the knowledge of history, it gives you counsel for choices you make today. Not only counsel, but it strengthens you to face today's trials when you remember the past. One of the famous writings and sayings of Ellen White is we have nothing to fear for the future except as we shall forget how the Lord has led us in the past, how the Lord has led us and his teachings in the past history. That is Councils for the Church, page 359, paragraph 4. You can also find it in Live Sketches, page 196. I repeat it. We have nothing to fear for the future, except as we shall forget the way the Lord has led us and his teaching in our past history. Very important, these two things. You see, there is a work that the past has to do for us in the future and in the present. And that is to strengthen us, to encourage us, and to give us the grace to face today's trials. When we forget the way the Lord has led us in the past and also his teachings, it becomes difficult for us to face today's trials and to be encouraged to meet them. But what are these things we are to remember? The least blessing. You don't have to say the sun should stand still before you record it as something the Lord has done for you. You don't have to have done what Moses did in the ten plagues before you record it as something God has done for you. Many of us have blessings in our lives, tokens of God's love given to us, delivering us from accidents. Sometimes we get into serious trouble and the Lord miraculously, marvelously brings us out of that trouble. Those are things to record. Those least blessings are great encouragements for our Christian journey, for our pilgrimage in this life. Sometimes we enter into situations, perhaps heartbreak, you go into a relationship and it doesn't end well, you are heartbroken and the Lord delivers you. At these times, God blesses us. It is good to always take note of these things and put them in remembrance. Don't forget them because they would help us to face tomorrow's trials and tomorrow's troubles and also they better equip us to help those who we find in trouble too. So what is the purpose of keeping these mementos, having these things fresh in our memory, the things God has done for us? You see, when God shows us his love and mercy, as for the Israelites, it was supposed to help them to love God more. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 verse 19 we love him because he first loved us if you cannot see the love of god in this token you will not love him 
You see, some of us think that we must be as we must be righteous, holy, and all before God can do wonderful things for us. But I only point you to the Word of God. You see, men like Gideon, Barak, and many of the judges in the Book of Judges. You see, those people were not righteous people. They failed in many areas. But because their heart was drawn out to bring glory to God, God gave them signal victories. He helped them marvelously. And they were able to attribute it to God and say it was God who did it for them. Some of us think that we must get up there first before we can attribute things to God. We want to think that the blessings we receive are coincidences. Don't do that. When you receive these blessings, you see, there is no coincidence in this life. The devil wants to destroy you. The devil is out to get you. He doesn't want any good thing to happen to you. When good things happen to you, from henceforth, believe you me, it is God who is doing it. It is no coincidence. In this life, there is no such thing as coincidence. Everything is planned. God is working out things. And there is a purpose for everything that is happening. And you must be ready to know that when good things happen to you, they are blessings. No matter how small they are, they are blessings from God. But if you are not looking at it that way, you will not be able to do what you are supposed to do. Some of us are struggling with sin. But you don't know that the remedy to your sin is God's goodness. It's God's love. Here in this passage I just read, 1 John 4 verse 19, it implies that unless you first of all see the love of God, you will not be able to love him. John 14 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments, telling us that before you can keep God's commandments, you must love him. But here in 1 John 4 19, if you cannot first of all taste of God's love, you will not even be able to love him. We love him because he first loved us. And how is God's love shown? It is shown in the good things he does for us. And I'll read that now in the book of Romans chapter 2. Reading from verse 3, it says, And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Verse 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? When God shows us his goodness and his love, it is a heartbreaking goodness in the sense that when we look at our sins and look at our iniquities and how wicked we are, and then pass through some kind of trial and trouble heartbreaks and enter into difficult situations, lack, deprivation, bereavement, and yet throughout those times, God is able to deliver us despite our sins. When we compare our sins to the good things God does for us, the thing is that it is supposed to lead us to repentance. In other words, we are supposed to consider and say, wow, Lord, you've been so good to me despite how evil I have been to you. And it's supposed to walk in your heart and you say, Since you have been so good to me, even when I have not been good, my heart is broken. I will love you. I will not despise your goodness. Because you have loved me in spite of my frailties, it will cost me to give all to you. You you deserve it. That is what God is trying to achieve with his goodness. God, God is not going to strike you because of your sin. He would even bless you 
because he wants you to compare your the blessing he's given to you with your iniquities so that it will touch your heart and you will say if you have been so good to me despite my sins i will do good things for you it has happened to me there was a time when i was in need i was wondering how i was going to cope and i needed help suddenly i just got an alert somebody sent me some amount of money but part of this the part of this story that is marveling for me is at the time i considered myself to be even till now anyway but i knew and at the moment i considered myself not worthy of god's love because my sins are thousands multiplied in my eyes i had i felt i had grieved god by a thousand falls i didn't feel like i deserved anything from him so when i was praying i was praying with one kind of uh, feeling of unworthiness i knew if i'm asking anything of god it's not because i deserve it i wasn't expecting much but then god still blessed and i wondered i said wow if you could do this for me i said to myself lord if you could do this for me i ought not to sin against you that in spite of my sin you're not doing it because i did anything for you but you have shown me this great love in spite of my iniquities but it broke my heart and i said to myself i ought to give god all my loyalty and there are other experiences too where god has been good to me even when we go on ministry it's not because you are righteous or anything that god makes signal victories for you when you go out and preach the word of god but all these blessings we ought to take note of them because if you are not taking note of them it will you will not be motivated to come to repentance because it is these tokens of god's goodness that ought to lead us to repentance and encourage us and strengthen us to face today and tomorrow's trials so when good things happen to us and we look at them as coincidences instead of attributing it to god we lose opportunities to recognize god's goodness which will then awaken in us a love for him and motivate us to live the life that he wants us to live so the foundation of all this is not attributing the goodness of god to him and praising him for it for it and keeping it fresh in our memory but when we start to do that from today on and even look down to your past and look at the things that God has done for you, attribute them to him and ask yourself, did you deserve it? The answer, of course, will be no. Now, if God has been so good to you when you didn't deserve it, should you not love him as he has first loved you? Should his goodness not lead you to repentance? Of course it should. Now, hang on those experiences, on those memories and say to yourself, Lord, because you have been so good to me, I will give all to you. That is the aim of this. Of keeping fresh in your memory the good things that the lord has done for you it's important don't forget them keep them in mind because your salvation is dependent on it uh, our high calling 135 paragraph 5 says let us look to the monumental pillars remind us of what the lord has done to comfort us and to save us from the hand of the destroyer let us keep fresh in our memory all the tender mercies that god has shown us the tears he has wiped away, the pains he has soothed, the anxieties removed, the fears dispelled, the wants supplied, the blessings bestowed, thus strengthening ourselves for all that is before us through the remainder of our pilgrimage. I remember a time when the Lord really wiped tears from my eyes. 
And like we, I just read now, it says we are to keep fresh in our memory all the tender mercies that God has shown us. And one of the tender mercies is the tears he has wiped away. At a certain time, I went through a particular experience that was painful for me. And at that time, I was depressed and really heartbroken. At that moment, someone just sent me a text message, which was just addressing the situation that lifted me up indeed. I was so grateful that God saw what I was passing through and encouraged me. In that message, it says, wonderful. To God be the glory. I'm actually reading it because I actually kept it as a memento something i won't forget because god really helped me with this message and i don't know who it was at the time it says wonderful to god be the glory great things he has done for us it is of the lord's mercies that we are not consumed i am happy you made it to this month irrespective of your present status the lord is saying peace be still don't be worried because he our god will finish all your unfinished business he will increase you this month he will enlarge your coast he will cause you to ride on divine progressive wings he will remember your family and he will wipe away your tears he will make you a pillar for others to lean on even though days are filled with sorrows and cares don't forget that jesus is very near may the lord bless you may he cause his face to shine upon you i'm sure he's going to step into your situation and turn things around for you this month your life will be a testimony this month for it's god's it's going to be a it was this was actually december i it says it's going to be a december to remember god bless you richly good amen this message was key for me because of some statements like he will wipe away your tears even though days are filled with sorrows and cares don't forget jesus is very near i am sure he's going to step into your situation and turn things around for you those statements were just blessings for me and as little as this text message were, that's why it was rather, that's why it says the least blessing that we can take note of is better than all the stories we read on the biographical works relating to faith of the experience uh, of the experience of noted men of God. For me, that small text message was wonderful. And there are many more I can talk about, but we need to know when God is good to us. And when God is blessing us, because it helps us to strengthen us to move forward. And also, it helps us to give glory to God and gives us a motivation to serve Him. From henceforth, let us learn to do that. Amen. I'll read from the third paragraph where it says, Can we not, in view of the past, look on new trials and increased perplexities? Even afflictions, privations, and bereavements. Bereavements. You see, I, I was the one who always wants to be forward when it comes to leading or following the procession to the houses of mourners. When people die, you like to go and comfort them with what God says about the dead. But wait until it happened to me when I went through my own. The waters came over my soul. I refused to be comforted. Because in my mind, why would this happen? I, I, in fact, I wanted resurrection to happen too. Until I came upon this um, incident also happening in somebody's life. And then, in actually, it was the death of um, her husband, Ellen's husband. 
He says, When I saw him passing away and saw the many friends sympathizing with me, I thought, What a contrast to the death of Jesus as he hung upon the cross. What a contrast in the hour of his agony. The revilers were mocking and deriding him. But he died and he passed through the tomb to brighten it and to lighten it that we might have joy and hope even in the event of death that we might say as we lay our friends away to rest in Jesus we shall meet them again at times I felt that I could not have my husband die but these words seem to be impressed on my mind be still and know that I am God Psalms 46 verse 10 I keenly feel my loss, but dare not give myself to up to useless grief. This war will not bring back the dead, and I am not so selfish as to wish, if I could, to bring him from his peaceful slumber, to escape again in the battles of life, to engage again in the battles of life. Like a tired warrior, he has lain down to sleep I will look with pleasure upon his resting place the best way in which I and my children can honor the memory of him who has fallen is to take the walk where he left it and in the strength of Jesus carried forward to completion we will be thankful for the years of usefulness that were granted to him and for his sake and for Christ's sake we will learn from his death a lesson which we shall never forget. We will let this bereavement make us more kind and gentle, more forbearing, patient, and thoughtful towards the living. So when I when I read that, I just is I was settled. I rested the case, and so the reading also said that every token of God's care and goodness and mercy should be hung as imperishable mementos in memory's halls. The things we ourselves have experienced of the blessings of God through his gracious promises when we may hang in memory's hall. I can testify again of another incident when the waters were all almost over my soul. You see, when, when I was stranded, like the the man who was on his way to Jericho was robbed and left to die you will think you are in trouble in your country where you have friends and families and and the rest well wait until you you are robbed in the middle of your journey in a strange land no money no language no brother no sister no food no traveling documents and I was facing arrest and imprisonment now that that was real trouble it was heavy trouble for me and then i that was when i turned this was in ivory coast and when i turned to god in tears because i saw that there was no hope it was my case was finished and when i turned to god and god did something that i would never forget a miracle a young man who was just passing he just came came around and through that young man God led me out of that trouble. I will never forget that. See, so the reading is calling us to count our blessings and name them one by one. 
because there will, there will be trials in the future. But as we have been told, when we remember how God had led us in the past, we are braced to face the trials of the future. It was when David was asked, he was told by Saul, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 33, And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the, this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And then he, he, his credentials for the war was that he was a youth and he had no experience. And then David had only one thing to fall back on. He started recounting his events in the past where God had delivered him. He said, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And the Philistines said to Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And these uncircumcised Philistines shall be as one of them, seeing he had defied the armies of the living God. So for David's experience, it is what God had done for him in the past that propelled him to, to increase faith that God will do it again in the future. So I think that that is what we will encourage ourselves with, that when we look back at the things, some of them might seem little, but it, those are those little things that we need to add up and it will increase our faith and brace us for the future. May this be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. So, God wants us not to let our present tears make us forget how God has led us in the past. God has led you in the past. If you can take your mind back, you can remember the tears that he wiped away. And he's asking us today to hold on and use it to encourage both ourselves and those who are behind us or who come after us. One other line here that encourages me is that the pains he suited, the anxieties removed. I'll talk of the anxieties because as my brothers have been sharing in one sense and the other, they have been finding encouragement. For me, at the time, I looked at some kind of work as demeaning and also didn't understand why people worked in a certain way until I was in a situation out of a decision I had made where I had to fend for myself. Life was really difficult. I now, for once, understood what it meant that everybody was rushing out of the house to go to work. And I understood the pain of hunger and the anxiety of I'm not sure what's going to be the next meal what am I going to have you're just thanking God for the present one and then for me being a Christian the Bible was a counsel to me in most of these situations but one experience that really taught me a lesson was on a particular day I was working out I had a very little amount of money I wanted to get something I needed in the house which I saw I had already calculated this was going to be the most important thing to get and nothing should drop from it not even as little as not not even as little as 10 naira should reduce from that money it was so difficult as I was trekking that evening my footwear caught and it was like a twilight 
in the middle of the road i saw people passing me nobody really knew what was going on people passed left people passed right i was suspended on the road how do i do do i go back go back to the house how do i trek back how do i move forward and the little money i have i can't even do anything with it like i can't touch it i was looking around then i understood one lesson you see when you see people walking around you don't know what they are carrying in their mind by the way so as i was in that situation one man seated somewhere saw me and he signaled me and told me to come i sat down he understood my predicament he being a muslim and somewhere some you know like um, in the northern nigeria we have most of these northerners who do this footwear thing so he didn't have anything to work on the footwear but he saw my need he saw my confusion he seemed like he read everything i was going through and told me to sit down he he got a, a piece of a nylon somewhere and improvised something to me on the on the footwear so that I could wear it and go on my way and let her fix it up when that man was doing that i felt like an angel came to me though he was a muslim and we didn't speak the same language but my heart felt love i understood that love doesn't have to speak a language it just has to communicate to someone who is in need and so i saw that okay all men actually have a heart we have we have emotions we have needs we can talk to each other we can encourage each other and we can assist each other as much as god has put it in our paths that was a difficult situation that i saw that only god could have moved that man and actually remedied the situation for me in that confusion and so it teaches me a lesson of god knows your troubles god can use people also and so when i i see people in similar situation a lesson for me should be is that i shouldn't actually look down on people or overlook their needs try to help as much as you can so god let me have that experience also to appreciate work or appreciate um help and see how much you can do to relieve the pain of those who are around you if i hadn't gone through that experience to be frank with you i won't understand why a woman will be carrying a tray of granuts and selling an old woman i'll be wondering to myself how oh, this is an adult or somebody's carrying some work tools and going to like say um, carrying bricks or hammer to go for a carpentry i'll be wondering are these not men and married women that are carrying foodstuffs and just walking on the street they are old enough can they find something but the difficulty helped me to understand that life can be difficult and encourage people when you see them doing whatever they can do to help their lives so momentous don't be sad don't be discouraged in the situations you're passing through god could be using it to teach you a lesson of vital importance i also remember the story of joseph i used to think uh, well how would joseph would be how would joseph be saying i cannot do this great wickedness against god i mean in potiphar's house which means in his mind there were things he considered that god had done for him things like my brother uh, brother now brother judy saying about being in a strange man's land you have no documents you are almost under arrest and you have nothing to hang on i think 
Joseph was in a similar situation. Instead of complaining like we do sometimes, my life is the most miserable life in this world. Why was I created? Joseph was faithful to God because he see he saw God's hand in his life. Even though the situations were difficult, he was sold by his brothers and sold to an Ishmaelite from Ishmaelite to Potiphar's house and then betrayed into the prison afterwards. So even though difficulties abound in our lives as it abounded in Joseph's life, he still saw reasons to be faithful to God. We too can find faith and reasons to be faithful to God in whatever we do. We just, we just need to pause and count our blessings. I really pray that God's goodness, like the Bible will say, we should not despise them, no matter how difficult our life is today. Rather, as the Bible says, it will lead us to repentance, it will lead us to love God more, no matter how dark our experience is. May God help us and bless us. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for helping us to see these glimpses of light and hope and how you have helped us in times past. Helping us also to realize that we are human and that we need to depend on you. Thank you for these lessons that you have used to make our hearts more, more subdued and soft and more trusting. Lord, if you had not done this, we would have been more hostile and even coerced much more today. But thank you for all these lessons. And we want to pray. Help us to always remember them. And those who are also going through difficult situations, that you give them peace. Calm them down through these lessons. And they may trust you more. And whatever we also go that we'll face tomorrow, Lord, please, by your Holy Spirit, bring up this momentous bring us bring up these memories so that they will help us to pass through the difficulties and will come out as gold bless our day assist us lord in all things give us the right words to speak the right expressions and everything that will be helpful to live like christians today is our prayer in christ's name amen